Talk Soups and CEOs back with you. New year, new theme song. Enjoy. Hey, hey, good afternoon. Hope the new year's going well. Um, where have I been? Where, where's IEI been? We used to have this lovely podcast that we <laughs> released diligently every week with great interviews with great superintendents around the country and founders and entrepreneurs in, in K-12. Where have we been? I have to tell you, I am so excited that next year's um, first IEI Superintendent Professional Development Summit is in November instead of January. This has been a crazy time because everyone just disappears for like three weeks. I don't blame it. Everyone should take time off. Like it's great. I love taking time off with the family at the holidays, but when you're trying to figure out who are the, <laughs> who finally are going to be the people who end up at your conference in Palm Springs, it's made it sort of a crazy hectic time for all of us. And, um, you know, we're, we're getting really, we're, so this is, I'm talking to you today on January 14th, Tuesday, we are a week from today. We'll all be basking in the dry heat of Palm Springs out at IEI. For those of you who can't join us, we will we will miss you and hope to see you at the next one. Um, but uh, preparations are at a, a fevered pitch at this point. I want to give a special thank you and shout out to um, Tiffany Law on our team. Those of you who come to IEI know Tiffany well. She's our director of operations. She's she's eyeballs deep in printing name tags and other kinds of stuff. Um, so anyway, it's, it's been a week and, um, and last week was crazy too. And <clears throat> going into the holidays. So I want to apologize for, for being sluggish on getting, um, podcast episodes out to you. Um, so we took a little unplanned hiatus. I've had this one in my brain for, uh, a couple weeks now, and I just needed to <laughs> find time to get in front of the microphone. So we finally got everybody set up. We got all the, the one-on-one meetings matched up for the first round of sessions. That was a late night affair last night, just making sure that the software worked just a little inside baseball. For those of you who are curious how you put on a conference for 150 people, including 50 school superintendents. Um, the answer is that sometimes it, uh, you know, this is this is how the sausage gets made, folks. And it was it was a late night. Thank, uh, thankfully, I had the college football playoff to watch, um, and uh, that that kept that took the edge off the whole thing. But we got our matches done. Everybody got their first round of matches, and we're ready to you know the new software. You know, special shout out to to our platinum partners at Thought Exchange, who've been a great great um, partner on this throughout. So. Um, so we, we've been busy, by the way, speaking of college football playoff, this is, uh, you know, um, not really the subject of this podcast, but we happen to have two, at least two, I know we have a bunch of SEC people in our group, but we have at least two, um, Clemson grads in our group. Uh, well, Danny, Danny Merck from Pickens County, he may not be a, Danny, are you a Clemson grad? I can't remember. We'll talk next week, but Danny's the superintendent in the town where Clem, where Clemson is, um, and is uh, close with the folks involved with the team. And Dr. Richard O'Malley joining us for the first time this year, superintendent of Florence, one in South Carolina, um, Clemson grad by way of Jersey, who's now back in, in South Carolina. So uh, sorry to, to both of you um, that it didn't work out last night. Um, but uh, I don't know if we have any LSU fans in the group. I'm sure I'll find out next week. I, of course, am an Ohio State, Ohio State Buckeyes fan by way of a 
my dad, who's an Ohio State Buckeye and um, rough, rough playoff for us. But, you know, we lost to a darn good team and, um, you know, nothing better than than college football. So uh, college football got me through the matching process last night. So hopefully that the hopefully the 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 matches for our one on one sessions next week are going to have the the beauty and precision of a Joe Burrow um, 20 yard pass in the flat. So hope everybody enjoyed the holidays. It's good to be back. We've already been back already. I actually have a little rule that I don't say Happy New Year after January 7th. I'm fine if you want to say Happy New Year to me. I'm always one of those people. Like, you can you can wish me a happy, merry anything. Um, uh, <laughs> but I, I just personally don't like to say Happy New Year too deep into the year. It's sort of like I don't like <clears throat> when people say, um, you know, have a good weekend, and it's Wednesday at 3 o'clock, and I'm like... I got a long way to go <laughs> before the weekend, but you're wishing me, you know, to have a good weekend. Uh, one of those little pet peeves of mine. So uh, I'm not going to say Happy New Year. I'm going to say I hope your year's off, your calendar year's off to a great start. Um, and uh, in my little, um, in my little missive for the for the IEI program, um, I sort of reflect on the fact that in education we're kind of lucky in that we get to have two New Years each year. Um, so we have our, our academic rebirth every <clears throat> the end of every June into July, and we start a new school year, and that's a great time to sort of rethink things and rethink habits and all of that. And I think you, those of you who listen to the podcast know that I've actually, this past school year, I actually jump-started my, my personal morning routine in a way that's really been um, a great thing for, for my productivity and mental health, et cetera. And that was, a, that was a school year sort of resolution, as it were. Um, and then we get to do it again because we're also part of the world and we have this other, you know, calendar, <laughs> um, that, uh, flips over to 2020 here a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, we get a couple times a year to sort of stop, pause and reflect. And that also kind of goes nicely with the school schedule and most districts have a couple weeks off. My daughter only had 10 days off. Uh, my wife had the full two weeks off. So, um, so it's a great time of year and, you know, it's just, it's great to be able to kind of look back at what we did so far this school year and where we're headed. And I don't want to get too much into detail now, but, um, this, this spring I think is going to be a really interesting time of growth, uh, and new ideas and new, new platforms for IEI and ways for us to engage between our members, um, other superintendents out there, other educational leaders looking to grow, um, uh, improve their practice, connect with like-minded colleagues, um, and uh, and the 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 people on the other side of this whole ecosystem, the, in, the on the industry side, the entrepreneurs, the investors, the publishers. I'm really I'm really interested. I've been having a brief email and Twitter conversation with the folks at Ed Reports, and I'm talking with Eric Hirsch, CEO of Ed Reports, later this week. I'm really interested to strike up a relationship um, between our group and Ed Reports, because Ed Reports is, is of teachers, right? It's, it's for those unfamiliar, you can go to at Ed Reports or edreports.org. Ed Reports is a, a um, grassroots uh, confederation of teachers reviewing curriculum materials and um, giving sort of stamps of approval to them. Um, it's really democratized the entire um, curriculum acquisition process where it used to be sort of controlled by you know, uh, a small group, you know, especially in certain textbook adoption states, a small group of people who are appointed by a, 
a state board or a governor or something, um, and they decide which materials get adopted or not. Uh, these are, you know, multi-million dollar decisions. Um, now, those decisions are, and if you go back, uh, those decisions are being handled, you know, more at the grassroots through the Ed, Ed Reports Network. And if you go back to the episode, I can't remember which number it was, but if you look back on our, you know, whatever, wherever you listen to this podcast, um, if you look back to the episode with, with Will Black from Paducah, Kentucky, um, you'll hear what I think is a really interesting discussion about a very democratic curriculum decision-making process that they have in Paducah Public Schools. And um, I'm, I'm particularly interested this, this calendar year, this end of the school year, in further exploring that relationship between superintendents who are innovative thought leaders and teachers who are part of a, um, a movement around, um, you know, curriculum and democratic with a small d curriculum decision making. So um, lots of exciting things coming for all of us. Um, other exciting news, um, we will be announcing at, at IEI next week, but um, we have a, a great new person joining the team, Sarah Kroll, who's going to be joining us as our marketing communications manager, going to be joining, um, jumping into uh, in, into the fun house here with, with Tiffany and with me. And we're very excited. We're growing, um, and that's that's a great thing. And uh, looking forward to having her on board. Her career has been uh, she was teacher, and then she was at uh, Learning Sciences International, where she was running R and D, and then most recently was at District Administrator. Um, and we're just really thrilled to have her with us as we as we grow the organization. So exciting time of year. Um, couple of quick program notes for those coming to IEI next week, um, or for those interested in what we're doing. I want to give you a heads up that Dr. Lavelle Brown actually from Ithaca has had to um, postpone. So he was on the podcast earlier, so we'll kind of keep that episode in the can. Maybe I'll, I'll republish it later this spring, and he'll be with us in New Orleans. We have some other interesting invitations out to folks to be with us in New Orleans. I believe uh, PJ Capozzi and Joe Mulliken, who Joe, PJ was on the podcast this fall, PJ is going to be giving uh, a talk around our theme of leadership Um we are in conversations with other folks. I think it's going to be a really great program. Uh, oh, uh, Jessica Reed Slawerski from Open Up Resources has given me a verbal commit. When we met at SIA, Jess and I uh, go back and is a good friend, and I'm really excited to have her with us. So speaking of talking curriculum, it's going to be great to have Open Up Resources with us um, in New Orleans. So good program coming together. Um, next week's program is, is surprisingly, there's still one or two moving parts on this agenda. I, I'm, I'm always amazed at, um, how hard it is to lock down the timing for these things, but we should be ready to go and go to print here. This is Tuesday. So, um, we should be all set to go by, by next, uh, you know, next Monday night, I'll be seeing everybody at our little hospitality out in Palm Springs. Um, for those of you who are there on Sunday, we'll be around, but, uh, very excited about next week. I get, I just get really excited. Really, you know, I, I got into this cause, um, I have such great respect for the work that, that our members, our superintendents do and, um, gotten to know so many great entrepreneurs in K-12 and it's just been a, a fun career of relationships and people. And, you know, I really do, uh, you become friends over the years and I really do look forward to seeing everybody next week. And Tiffany and I always say, and that, you know, of course our board too, we all, we feel, by the time we get all of you in a room and we can look out and see that you're all there and you're all okay and you know mostly look the same and um, it's always a good feeling to be able to to shake hands and hug and see how things have been. So, looking forward to seeing everybody next week here on the week before IEI. A couple of quick housekeeping announcements. Well, one quick one, and then I'll give some other updates about what's happening next spring after after this week's guest, who by the way is me, 
because I'm busy preparing for a conference. So um, I just have a couple of thoughts. We're going to just talk through some of my 2020 um, K-12 resolutions for all of you. So, um, But before we get to that, we are our New Orleans Summit is May 3rd to 6th. We are actually uh, announcing that we're dropping the price. So if you're interested, this is a good time. And in particular, we have a sweetheart deal, sweetheart in quotes. Um, if you can commit and get everything signed and uh, locked and loaded by February 14th, which also happens to be the middle of AASA, Valentine's Day, um, then you can you can um, you can get into the conference for a really really great price. So um, we're hoping to uh, to that people take advantage of that. You know how to reach us if you're interested. So please email email me Doug at instituteforedinnovation.com. Find us on Twitter at ieik12. Um, call us. You know, send us. Uh, I don't know Morse code. Whatever you got to do. You know how to find us. Um, great. So I'm gonna take a quick break. And then I'm going to continue to talk <laughs> about this idea I have about um, resolutions for for the year. So um, really great to be back with you and um, be right back. Okay, 2020, here we go. Thanks for being on listening to Talk Soups and CEOs. Appreciate you being here. Um, excited about this podcast this year. I think, um, you know, I'm just, I learned the ropes this past fall. Hopefully we can do some really interesting things this coming year and, um, have some more interesting folks on. So uh, I said in the opener that, you know, what's great about education is that we get two new years each year and we get to kind of think through what we did well and what we would have liked to have done better and how we can improve. And, um, you know, the, this, this year, 19 into 20 is, is no different. And, you know, I guess because I have a, because I'm podcasting now with IEI and because IEI is continuing to grow, I sort of thought, well, what are some, what are some resolutions for 2020 that um, might be good for all of us in the K-12 ecosystem to think about? So um, just some thoughts from me that uh, have been rattling around my head for the last couple of months and thought I'd put them into a, a list of, of resolutions for all of us who do this work. Um, so feel free to, <laughs> to share your thoughts, share your K-12 resolutions for 2020, share, you know, why you think these are um, bad or good or whatever. I'd love to hear your thoughts. So you can, you can add us on Twitter or send an email, etc. Um, you know, my first, and by the way, <laughs> so many times these New Year's resolutions we make to ourselves, we, we don't, we don't actually end up succeeding in doing. Um, a lot of these are things that, that these are, these are goals for the year. Um, but, you know, I think that there are maxims that will help all of us sort of do a better job of, you know, ultimately our goal is to help improve outcomes for kids and improve the solutions that get into the hands of teachers and educational leaders. So my first K-12 2020 resolution is understand teachers, understand kids, understand their needs, understand how best to help them seek wisdom from superintendents. So yes, I'm biased. I, I, I happen to have the opportunity to run an organization that brings superintendents together for professional growth. Um, it's a great thing to do. I get to spend a lot of time with, with you all <clears throat> hear how superintendents think. Um, and I can tell you that to a person, every, everybody I know in our group cares deeply, passionately about, um, the kids they serve and about making sure those kids have a great shot at a good career. 
So um, you add to that the knowledge that these folks have from running their school districts. Um, you know, your average superintendent is running a million dollar with an M enterprise. Many are running billion dollar enterprises. Um, you know, <laughs> IEI is not a billion dollar with a B enterprise and neither are most of the companies who come and, and participate in our event. You know, so those of us who are on the K-12 entrepreneurial side, um, you know, we have a lot to, to learn from, from what soups are doing and just in terms of business operations. Moreover, I, I know that the, the, the organizations that have the most success, I think, walk this line. They, they understand the needs in the classroom, but they get the wisdom from the superintendents to understand what the, what the long-term vision needs to be, what long-term plan needs to be for their solution, the strategy for partnering with school districts. I think, you know, listening to both sides of this equation is really important. And there's nothing, nothing frustrates me more than when I go to a conference or an industry event and I hear people talk about, oh, <clears throat> you know, excuse me, school districts, um, they're so backwards. They take forever to do things. Oh, you have to do these RFPs and, uh, you know, you should just forget all that and go consumer. Well, then if you want to be in the consumer business, go in the consumer business. Or you should forget all that and just give it all away for free. And then eventually you'll just get everybody to buy the upsell. Well, I think we've seen that that hasn't been a winning model. I don't, I can't think of, I can't name a K-12 company with a successful exit that, that tried to ignore the superintendent. So, um, that's my resolution is go seek these folks out. IEI is here. There are plenty of other places where you can go meet them. But, um, if you're trying to grow an organization that's going to serve schools, understand how superintendents think, understand their, uh, their needs, gain their wisdom. Okay. My second 2020 K-12 resolution. If you build relationships, you're going to build your organization. Focus on the relationships. Focus on getting to know people. Focus on learning, you know, not just, you know, um, about their organization, but about them. You know, little trick. I always try, particularly before going to, to an event like IEI, I always kind of try to connect on LinkedIn. LinkedIn has become this sort of quietly has become this really powerful tool. Um, it used to be this thing that just kept sending me emails that people were um, looking at my profile or recommending me for things or asking me to connect. But all of a sudden, LinkedIn has become a great way for all of us to connect with each other and understand, you know, what we've been working on. So um, if if that's the if that's the least you can do before going into a meeting with with a district, know the people in the room. If you build if you build relationships, you're going to build your business or your organization. And of course, IEI is optimized for relationship building. It's it's everything to us. To um, the people are what it's all about. Um, and a um, a great maxim in in this world is that uh, you know people want to work with people. They don't necessarily want to work with ideas or companies or businesses or organizations. So build those relationships, and you'll get to build your idea or your organization. My third third. Uh, K-12 2020 resolution. I think this is, this goes without saying, but it kind of goes hand in hand with building relationships. Know your customer, know who you're trying to work with. Um, <clears throat> so for example, if you're coming to an IEI and you're going to a one-on-one -on -one meeting, you really should know a lot about that school district before you meet with that district leader. Um, the great thing about, uh, about, about our industry is that uh, school districts put a ton of information out on the web. It's all public information it has to be out there. You can see the budget. You can see 
the strategic plan. You can see the tech plan. You can see, um, you know, what what's happening with their plans to address an achievement gap. Um, all this stuff's out there and it's transparent. So uh, a good good little trick too, before engaging with a district, understand what's going on in the community. I once got caught flat-footed by um, by a superintendent who's actually um, in in IEI. So I don't want to out him. I, I guess I don't want to out me. But many years ago when I was um, <laughs> working with a client, I was going to meet with his district. And I just sort of checked in. Hey, looking forward to the meeting on Tuesday. And he said, didn't you hear? One of my schools burned down. We're not meeting. And, you know, I should have been on top of what's going on in the district. And I wasn't. And, you know, it's hard to be on top of everything. But um, Google News Alerts, by the way, are a, a great thing. But um, <clears throat> know your customer. Know what's going on in the community. Understand what's happening. If there was just a big board meeting where they decided to close three schools, you want to know that. Um, and I know that we we certainly at IEI, when we find out that you know every so often somebody can't come uh, because there's a bunch of things happening in the community and a bunch of board meetings have to happen, and we, you know, and someone can't make our make our event. Like that's you know, it's part of it's part of how school districts work. So so don't you you can sit there and be frustrated by it, like oh the bureaucracy and you know whatever, or, or you can understand it and try to work with it, you know, but if you're not up for that kind of stuff, um, you know, particularly the, the political politics and bureaucracy of public agencies, then you really got to think about whether you want to be in K-12 education. The fourth resolution tied to that, get on Twitter. Um, and this, this is, I'm honestly, I'm talking to myself. I spend too much time reading you know, stuff I'm personally interested in, political stuff, sports, and I need to spend more time reading what you all are doing on Twitter. I mean, I get on there, but I'd like to spend more time um, just reading about all of our different members or other superintendents who've considered being part of us. Um, you know, I want to, Twitter's a great place to, to read about what's happening in your work world, and specifically in K-12. So many of the companies and organizations, nonprofits and funders, are on Twitter and, you know, almost every school district has a Twitter and then many districts also have a Twitter for the superintendent. So, um, and other, you know, like in bigger districts, deputies will be on Twitter. So just get on Twitter, re read what they're doing. The Twitter feed is really the lifeblood of a school district in a lot of ways in terms of, you know, what they're putting out publicly. Um, and Hey, I mean, follow, uh, I'm going to give a little shout out to, to PJ Capozzi, one of our members from a superintendent Meridian, Illinois, who was on the podcast earlier this year. PJ uh, sends videos from his car every morning on the way to school. They're fantastic. So there are a lot of superintendents doing stuff like that. And it's a terrific way just to learn what's going on um, in a district and, and in an area and in a region. So and that's that's a resolution for me and and for all of you. My fifth, I think I'm up to five. I didn't number these on my little notes here. My fifth resolution for K-12 in the year 2020, um, seek opportunities to go to rural districts, to suburban districts, to small districts. If I had a nickel for every time someone would say, oh, you know, we don't really work with small. Now, I, I get that some there are some business models that just don't match to small districts. It's just not the way it works. I, I get that. Um, but... Most of the companies I, you know, and I've been at this a little while, most of the companies I've met in my travels when I was a consultant or, you know, when I was a, an employee for an ed tech shop at Amplify or wherever, um, uh, and Amplify didn't do this, by the way, we, we went to the small districts. In fact, that was my job. <laughs> That's why I think I'm offering this as a resolution. Um, 
you go, you like you, you get on the connecting flight out of Seattle to Wenatchee and you go see the 3000 student district because that's where kids go to school. And so if you've got a solution that you think is worthy of being in school districts, go see the school districts. And I get that you have to sort of, you know, there's less revenue if you have a per student pricing model. So figure all that out. Um, do the work to go see three or four districts while you're in that area. But amazing things are happening in rural districts, in small districts, in mid-sized districts. Um, you know, and there's no, there's no, um, it's not a coincidence that IEI has has several of these districts in our group that our average district size is in the, in the teens. Um, you know, there's a place to go meet the big districts. Uh, that's Council Great City Schools and and urban superintendents and a couple other places, right? And those are great. Um, you know, we don't we're not trying to be in in rural districts. We just happen to have a bunch of great great innovative leaders who run rural districts. There's great things happening out there. Um, if you build your business around just the big urbans, it's a it's a long haul to get one of those in on a on a district wide. So if you get an opportunity to go see somebody with five thousand kids or three thousand kids. Um, you know, far from a major airport, take it because if you go out and see them, um, you know, they're likely to engage with you and consider a partnership of some sort. Um, so my next resolution is, and I talked about this a little earlier, pay attention to what's happening with curriculum. There's some interesting stuff afoot. Um, there's a sort of quiet grassroots effort right now to um, to bring curriculum decision making out to to teachers. So it's sort of been happening that way anyway. I think most of us know that a lot of teachers pick and choose the curriculum that they want to use, to, to, despite what might be state policy or district policy. Um, but just follow what's going on. There's some great reads out there on Twitter, and there's a bunch of really engaged educators trying to um, you know find. Find it. Find a way to make. It feels to me um, like we're finally getting there with 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 blended learning actually being a thing that teachers want to do versus a an idea that came out of a policy think tank that investors wrote a check for. Um, the learning management system 1.0. I, I worked on one of the 1.0 learning management systems called Ngrade. We had a blast. It was a really great solution. We worked with some great districts. It just was a little early for actually being implemented by teachers, but the stuff that's going on now, the curriculum that's getting built now seems to be more optimized for an individualized environment. So my resolution is, uh, pay attention to what's going on, try to read up and, you know, uh, and from the IEI perspective, I want us to be more engaged in the curriculum discussion this year, um, because it's, it's changing rapidly. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm interested to hear our, our folks perspective on it. Because there are different things happening in every district, but um, you know, let's let's all follow what's happening, and that's you know, I'm really excited to have Jess from from Open Up coming to see us uh, in May, so we can talk more about this. And she gave a great talk actually with my former boss and and great mentor Larry Berger um, at the SIA event in New York City, Software Information Industry Associations Ed Business Forum. The two of them were up there, kind of, you know talking, talking curriculum and talking about, you know, how things have changed and amplify the company that Larry runs that used to be called wireless generation, which is where I worked for a while. Um, was the only job I held longer than a year <laughs> besides here. Um, and, uh, you know, amplifies really onto something with science and, you know, districts are starting to really kind of gravitate toward it. 
And it's sort of like it has to be curriculum has to be of teachers. And I think as you know, the superintendents in our group, I hope you're you're kind of following this closely and and stay connected to it. And you know, maybe listen to to the Paducah podcast with Will Black about what they're doing. Really interesting stuff. Okay, um, we're getting to the end of my 2020 K twelve resolutions. Um, uh, this is one. This has been a re- resolution of mine every year since since I've been in this business. But um, absolutely be flexible on, you know, if you're working on trying to partner with a district or school agency, be flexible on, you know, the number side of things, work with their budget. The most important thing is to get a partnership launched, um, understand where, where they are with their budgets and try to help make it fit, but never, ever, ever, ever do a free pilot. (laughs) Why do I say that? It's not that we're trying to gouge school districts. Um, you don't do a free pilot because, um, then it's possible that you're not going to get engagement and buy-in from all the levels of the organization. Um, and you know, whatever you're doing is, is worth something. Now, if you have a solution where the model is to provide something for free with well, that, that's, that's different. Um, there are certainly models out there for that, but, um, you know, never do a free pilot because it's not, it's if if you're not able to get a partnership built with a school district, if you're not able to get, um, you know, your solution in the hands of teachers or kids, it's not it's not because of the lack of a free pilot. It's because the the value you're not providing the value that that they need at that moment. And so, my challenge would be instead of go for the, yeah. But sometimes they'll just grab it because it's oh free pilot sure. Instead of go that easy route, try to find the right value proposition that will get uh, a school or a district to work with you. That's, that's my resolution. No free pilots. I think they, they, I've seen them too often lead to challenges where it's hard to really get the district actually to engage because then, you know, you, you can do a free pilot without getting somebody downtown district office to sign off. And this goes back to the resolution from earlier under seek wisdom from superintendents. Um, <clears throat> and I think you want to make sure that those folks, those the executive levels in the loop. Okay. My last resolution for everybody, um, and I have to say this is this is one that has been a, an area of, um, I, I would say this was probably my area of like greatest, um, you know, inquiry, uh, learning, soul searching professionally last year. There's just been a lot of talk about it. We've all been talking about equity and equality. And, um, you know, I, I have to say I, um, I was particularly moved by the talk we had at SIAA from David, Professor David Kirkland of NYU. Um, among, and I was also particularly moved by, by the workshop that Tracy Davis, uh, former superintendent from Washoe County, Nevada, gave at our, at our summit in Georgia last spring. Those were two kind of really important moments in my year. Um, and um, yeah, so, so Tracy did a workshop with us last spring where we just worked through some of our kind of um, you know, unintended biases, um, where we sort of tried to think, you know, about equity from outside of the lens of our own personal experience. Uh, lots of discussion. It's a little uncomfortable at moments, to be honest, but I think that was by design. Um, but, but she and her colleague Tiffany, um, led us through this workshop that I think I know personally helped me grow, helped me think about this issue from, um, a a little better and made me want to kind of work harder to, for in everything that we do 
to make sure that not only IEI provides an equity, provides a platform for equity um, around K-12 education, but also um, thinking about our industry. And then my year ended, or close to the end uh, of my year, was this amazing talk from Professor David Kirkland of NYU, who spoke at the um, Education Business Forum hosted by Software Information in- Software Information Industry Association, or SIA, in New York. Um, not only did Professor Kirkland challenge us around the concepts of standards and the standards to which you know we hold kids in school, um, his standards were uh, pleasure, play, curiosity, and creativity. Um, as standards that will aspire, that will inspire um, equitable educational outcomes. Um, but uh, he also said to us, and he kind of looked at us all in the room, and he said, look, everybody in this room is building tools, solutions, products for the school industry, for schools. They're going to be used by kids. Some of those kids are in situations um, which, you know, despite everyone's best efforts, uh, do not provide an equitable and equal opportunity for every kid. So what you all need to do is make sure you work really hard to make your solutions um, equally accessible to all kids. And so, you know, that was, those were powerful words. And so my resolution for all of us um, is that we, we strive for equity um, in everything that we do in the solutions that we build and the services that we provide to school districts you know, we make sure that that every kid um, will have an opportunity to access the benefits of what we do, and that's this is a a a lofty um, uh, little bit of of an abstract kind of thing to say, but it's also a real thing that we can think about. And so then I try to map back to you know what I do. I run a national think tank of school superintendents, um, and you know I just went and pulled some data thinking about this issue of equity. So um, there isn't great data out there about like, you know, superintendents nationwide based on, um, socioeconomic or, or, or ethnic or racial background. Um, but the council of great city schools has, has some, some good data from a study they did a few years ago, 2014 in urban districts, um, you know, and, and urban districts, the council of great schools, great city schools has always been a great champion of, uh, champion of equity and equality in urban school districts. And, um, you know, urban school districts, you know, disproportionately serve students of color. Um, in urban districts, 45% of superintendents are were white men in 2014. Um, 70% of superintendents in urban school districts were men. You know, 50% of the kids are girls. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's something that we're working on. The numbers are trending in the right direction. I've always said I want, you know, so Professor Kirkland was talking at this conference, and I'm thinking how do we get to 51% women in this group? Um, how do we get, you know, our membership to, to look like the kids who are in school districts? It's, it's not easy. And, you know, we have the best of intentions and we'll keep working at it, but I'm always looking to find, find better ways to grow in that regard. Um, the average tenure of an urban superintendent, according to the council, uh, was a little over three years. So that means that if you're, if you're in an urban school district, um, you're likely to have a new superintendent every three years. And, you know, we can talk about, you know, superintendents are so far removed from classrooms that that is true, but, you know, look at any great organization, whether it's a football team, uh, a business, a nonprofit, um, a, a boy scout troop, girl scout troop, brownie troop. When the leader is strong and consistently there, 
the group tends to be able to have more success. Um, and so, you know, um, it's, it's a challenge that, that urban school districts have higher turnover. Um, 50, 57% of superintendents in urban school districts, um, are in office under five years. So, you know, um, just some interesting, those are some of the best data I could, I could find to kind of look at this issue. How can we, how can IEI as an organization stand up for equity and equitable treatment, um, of those in the, in the superintendency who are there to kind of work on behalf of kids. So, um, I don't know. It's an open question for me and for our organization. You know, we strive to be the best professional support organization we can be. We, we get everybody together to kind of learn from each other and learn how things are going in the district, learn uh, tools of the trade. We publish um, a position paper at the end of our conference so we can share out with with the, the ecosystem and the industry what we're and the rest of the school districts what we're working on. We'll continue to work hard at that. But um, I'm trying to figure out how IEI can be the best champion it can be for equity and equality uh, in terms of, you know, who is leading school districts, how and why. So um, don't have any answers on that one. Just just a challenge for us um, going into 2020. So those are my resolutions for the K-12 universe um, and just, you know, some thoughts I've, I've had over uh, the time off and heading into our big Palm Springs conference next year, next week. So, um, last thing before we go, um, we have a bunch of, of events coming up. So we've got our conference next week. I mentioned before that we have the sweetheart, uh, you know, um, price break. If you want to commit to the new Orleans, May 3rd to 6th in new Orleans, um, if you want to make a commitment before, um, for Valentine's Day or, you know, even at AASA, if you see us out there, you can save a couple bucks on the sponsorship. And, you know, I, I will say that I think um, with all respect to the other organizations in our in our business who do this work, um, I believe that, you know, especially with this little this little um, incentive we're running, there's no better uh, there's no better use of a, of a of a company's R&D or marketing dollar than. Uh, in terms of kind of the kinds of connections you can make and the number of connections you can make at our event um, in the industry. I think we, you know, and I, I'm willing to, uh, to to back that up. If you want to come check out what we do, I'd love to talk to you about how we can, can get you to come um, be part of us. So, um, but we're going to be on the road again this spring. We have uh, February 13th, AASA is gathering out in San Diego. We'll be there. Sarah, my new colleague, our director of marketing communications, will be with me. We have a, a gathering at um, the Ballast Point Brewery, at 7 to 10 p.m. that night. I'll need toothpicks to keep my eyes open because I always have a tough time going to the West Coast, staying up late. But we hope that you all come out and see us. Um, if you're listening to this and you're a superintendent or uh, another administrator interested in learning more about us, come with us. If you know one of our members, absolutely come along. We are we encourage our members to bring their friends to these events. And of course, our partners, you're always welcome. Uh, March 1st and 2nd, we'll be here with the home team up in Albany, New York at the New York State Council School Superintendents, seeing everybody. Um, March 10th, we'll be at South by Southwest EDU, South by Southwest EDU in Austin. And we're not going to be there a bunch at the conference. However, we are doing a small outing to Parker's Jazz Club in Austin. Parker's, by the way, uh, Tom Leonard, Dr. Thomas Leonard, who's the superintendent of Eanes ISD, is um, one of the owners of Parker's. So 
looking forward to that. And then March 30th, we'll be at Busters by the Bay at ASU GSV in San Diego. Um, the ASU GSV is a great event every year. That'll be 5 to 8 p.m. So if you're going to be in any of these events, please look us up and please come join us. Next week, look for interviews from IEI. Uh, I'll have everybody out there in Palm Springs. We'll be able to sit down and talk during some of the breaks. So look for some interviews with some great superintendents next week and some great uh, partners of ours. And again, thank you for being part of Talk Soups. Have a great launch to your 2020 and look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you.